Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's me, Tammy Riley, your host for Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. Today's guest is Aaron Chivardu. Very excited to have conversation with him and to share his inspirational story and how he has really learned to take better care of himself. And you know, friends, that I always ask about uh, how are you at being your own best friend? And I really love Aaron's response to that. So please sit back and listen in as we start our conversation on self-care. All right. So here we are, friends, with Living Well While Living Online. I am your host, Tammy Riley, and looking forward to the conversation today with my friend and colleague who I've actually, Aaron, have we met in person? Yeah, WSSD 2019, and I okay. could not believe all the things I was seeing everywhere and all the MIs that night. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It's so hard to remember because we don't, we work together for, you know, you know, I work for Spinning Friends. Um, and Aaron, that is how I know him, Aaron Shivarju. And he is the director of program operations for Mad Dog, the company that owns Spinning. Again, you've heard, if you've been an avid listener, many of um, my colleagues and friends from the spinning community. And Aaron is a little bit from a different piece. So he and I spend a lot of time on emails. Uh, That is how we have met. And then we do sometimes take it to the phone to hash things out. And I, I did then, now you reminded me, we had that last conference in 2019 and you were working for the company then. Uh, So I did get to meet you, but we mostly do our business offline. Honestly, yeah. I mean, majority of it is email, which yeah. a lot of people are used to and still alive, still and kicking. And yeah, I mean, it's great to see people, you know, in person. But as of right now, it seems like all of the connections I've made is purely, you know, through email and just texts and chats. And if we're lucky enough these days, we'll see each other in person again. We will. We will soon. But that's what's also so incredible to me is that we, I, I do know you know, little bits and pieces about you and your life. And, uh, and we, we don't spend a lot of time together. So I think that's, what's really nice about the way we do business these days and how it has changed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it all started, you know, years ago when I got into the industry, I've been in the fitness industry for a while now. I work for the aerobics and fitness association of America. (gasps) Yeah, I, started I didn't there. know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> I started there about in 07. And I guess you can call it a career path. I just moved on from, you know, AFAA onto Mad Dog Athletics in 2016. And believe it or not, in about three days, it's going to be my six years since I've been at Mad Dog. Since today was actually my interview date six ah. years ago. And I thought it was an April Fool's joke when my supervisor called me and said, oh, you got the job. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure this isn't an April Fool's joke? No, no, you're good. You're good. So I've been there ever since and loving every minute of it. Oh, it's so awesome. Um, so for those of you who don't know, AFAA that Aaron referenced and, and Mad Dog are both educators out in the in the industry. So they educate the fitness professionals. So if you go to a spinning class, you attend a boot camp class, your instructor would be trained and have a certification with these companies and governing bodies. So, yeah. so the people behind the scenes uh, managing it all, which is a lot. You do, maybe you can explain a little bit of what you do do for the company and how you and I work directly, you being out in California 
and uh, and me in Connecticut and our team across yeah. across the country. Yeah, happy to. So I essentially take care of all of the training and operations and programs for all of our brands for Mad Dog Athletics, including spinning and you know the other brands we have, Peak Pilates. I deal with all of the United States, Canada, Mexico, Latin America, and Asia Pacific regions now. So I oversee all of the training coordinations there, make sure everyone's good to go. The accounts are set, you know, in stone, and I make sure operationally things are running smoothly. So in to define that a little bit more is, you know, anytime you see live trainings posted on our website, anytime you see any kind of conferences or education seminars or, you know, pieces like that, I make sure to manage all of the logistics from A to Z and make sure, you know, everything's just connected together like a good puzzle piece. So I, I'm, I'm the, I guess you can say the go-to guy when something hits the fan and they're like, hey, can you take care of this? Can you fix this? Can you call? Can you email? And I'm pretty, pretty good at it. I, um, I would say, you know, the past six years, I've been kind of attentive to everybody, which is great because, you know, these days it's really hard to connect with people because people act like they're always so busy. And sometimes you just got to set aside some time for people you really do care about and just hear them out a little bit, you know, take some time out of your day. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That's so true. Yeah, I would say on on my end, you definitely make me feel like I might be the only one you're you're connecting with because you are so quick with emails and everything is so organized. So uh, while we know there's a lot of things going on the behind the scenes, it's really nice to work with someone who does make you feel like uh, you are important in that moment and they have time for you. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Always great. Yeah, definitely makes our life easy. And it is strange, right? Because we are never, you know, we're subcontractors, you know, in a sense. So you're orchestrating that and we sort of show up with with our, you know, PowerPoints ready to go. But there is a lot of other things that happen behind the scenes and 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 to make it all run. To to talk about a little bit of behind the scenes, um, if you remember in WSSC 2019, we were in that huge conference room. We were going to do that group pick with all the MIs. Out of nowhere, we were all in a circle and we were, you know, kind of introducing each other one by one. And I felt very, um, can't really find the word for it without tearing up. But when I, when my name was called, every single instructor in that room was just giving me an applaud. And I was like, well, I'm just doing my job, you know, and everyone I've talked to, everyone who approached me and said, we appreciate you. We thank you so much for all the things you do for us. And now I'm starting to understand where that energy came from. So it, it, I feel very fulfilled and you know respected and loved which is great because we are a community we're a family so i feel like i'm part of the family officially it took a while for the uncles and aunts <laughs> to kind of accept me but it's finally official so that makes me really happy so oh my people. gosh that's yeah. so great to hear because it is hard when we're when we're not together. And Aaron is referencing our spinning conference, which again has come up a couple of times throughout our podcast. It's our family reunion, um, if we take it the step further. And right. it is not only our our national team, but it's international. There's a lot of people that come globally, so it is it is nice to be a part of a big picture. And we have our small little things that we do along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay. So before, right. We're always talking about before I hate to word, use the word, um, 
pivoting and changing. I try to avoid those. Um, right. But prior to, you know, you were working very virtually as, as we've talked about because of the nature of you dealing with all of us and we weren't in person. So um, that wasn't new for you, sort of what you were doing. But when the pandemic did hit, there was a lot of other stuff that was probably going on for you at work. We can talk just specific to work. So tell me what was happening in the office or what, what was happening for you in, in the role and... Interestingly enough, I had absolutely no idea what was happening because I don't really follow with the news and the times. I don't really follow a lot of stuff that I see online. I just kind of hear it through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting at my desk and I'm going to say March 7th, maybe March 14th, 2020. One of my supervisors came up to me and mentioned, did you know we were in a pandemic and this and this? And all of a sudden the next day, our, our, one of our other representatives just said, pack up everything, go home don't come back until we let you know when to come back. And I was like, well, this is kind of serious now, right? This isn't no bird flu or Zika. This is something big. I thought maybe a week or two it'll pass by, you know, let alone two years later, we're sitting here and we're slowly, hopefully coming out of it. But that's, that's what I remember coming home, not knowing what was going to happen, working remotely full time. I had no files on my computer. I didn't get to back up anything. So I had oh to kind gosh. of connect to our IT and get my desktop, you know, routed over to our drives. And it was just a lot of panic the first couple of weeks, a lot of um, regret that we didn't appreciate what we had. And now it's kind of opening up our minds to appreciate and value every single thing in your life, whether it's the last egg in the fridge or a friend that you haven't called in six months, you got to call them, talk to them. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized during and before the pandemic, specifically before it was panic. That's that's the yeah. only definition I can think of, because the doors were locked up. Phone calls were just routing everywhere to people's cell phones. And a lot of people were being let go. A lot of you know salaries were you know being reduced. There was a lot of stuff that was happening. And it was not just us. It was a lot of people. A lot of people got affected. I'm sure a lot of people didn't bounce back as well as they have, should have. But that's what I remember. And it's kind of foggy. I know you've probably heard a lot of people say, I don't remember 2020. Mm. Majority of the time, I don't. A couple of things did happen during the year, which kind of altered my life completely, which I guess we'll get into, I guess, pre, <laughs> post and during. But at this point, that's all I remember was pure panic and everyone just kind of scrambling, kind of like doing an acquisition. What, what happens at a company? Everyone's just making right. copies and panicking and and then the, the office went silent for about two hours and then everyone was gone. That was the mid-March, I remember. And then that's when we had the governance from California that said right. masks and mandates close up, isolation. And then we went, went into the pandemic and they had written for the history books. Yeah, it is so crazy that you know, to just get that notice pack up and, and you, you, you are in a fog when all of that happens, it's shock, right? So it's our reaction to a traumatic situation and, you know, our body is going through the motions and we're like taking what we think, but gosh, how crazy to get home and not really even have the resources that you need. So, so it, it that is a lot of, of work. Not that any of us were working then at that point, because <laughs> we did shut down the live trainings, which took quite a while to get things up and running. And I know for me, just working with you to try to get a live one, we would put it out there and then um, I would get word, nope, we, we can't have guests yet. We can't host anything. Okay, Aaron, we have to push it out. We there was a lot of that. And uh, no. I'm sure there still is 
Think you about know. that. Multiply that by 60. I had to do that for 60 facilities, <laughs> locations. People were closing up shop. People were, I had to sell all my, my equipment. And yeah. it was really saddening to hear mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I was just, you know, I'm very optimistic. I was just hoping, you know, June 2020, it'll be over. June 2021, the summer needs to open. Government needs to make money. X, Y, Z. Nope, nothing happened. It just got worse and worse. And it looks like it's getting better, but it looks like we're in a new norm per se, you know? Yeah, definitely. And when you went home, um, trying to get work done, was it hard? You have a little one. So it was was because not only was I affected, his schooling went full Zoom, full online. And, you know, to all the parents that are listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Trying to do homework and try to take a call and try to take care of a customer at the same time. Not fun. But luckily enough for me, I'm a little stern with my, you know, education. So I I really put him to work. I told him, well, once I'm working here, you're going to have to do your homework too, buddy. So anytime I would write on my notepad, he would act like he's helping me work. So he felt like he was included. So it wasn't kind of like an isolated, go to your corner, do your work, Mm -hmm. do your job. And that's what kind of helped me through this pandemic with my son literally sitting next to me while I'm looking at him, looking at, you know, clients on the computer screen. And they're like, are you okay? You keep looking over to the right. I'm like, yeah, my son's right here. Turn the computer, changes the conversation a little bit. Oh, he's so great. That's so awesome. But Going through uh, at-home work and at-home learning, if you have a little one, bless your soul. Because yeah. <laughs> it was one of the toughest things I've had to do in my whole life. Right. And if we were confused by it all, I mean, imagine the little ones. You know, it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot to take in and uh, a lot to ask of them to be quiet during meetings. And I, I loved, you know, when I had colleagues with meetings and they, you know, you could kind of see them shushing or moving their kids. And I'd say, bring them in, bring them in. You know, I want to, it's your life. It's your life. And it's, it's hard that we had to try to hide that. A lot of people had to hide that. And it's to, to your point, it was happening across the world. So it wasn't, you know, you not being a good employee or being professional. It was life in that moment. Yeah. And it took a couple months for a lot of people to understand that things were shifting and, you know, can't really bring your son into the office once the office started opening up again. So it was kind of like you have to understand where everyone's coming from and kind of meet at their level. You know, not many people do have little ones. Some people have, you know, older kids and it's a lot easier with that. But my my son was four years old, I believe, four and a half. So he was in that age where you he needed that attention constant Mm -hmm. and he wasn't independent yet and you know thank goodness he's he's actually independent now so he does his own work on his own he reads his books on his own and i'd like to take a little credit for that (laughs) i I pushed him pretty hard and my fiance always tells me like why are you so difficult with him i'm like because these days kids don't have a lot of attention they they just Mm -hmm. are always derailed to the screens or the games or trying to figure x you know, figure all this other stuff out. And I wanted him to just have that mentality of, look, man, you work hard, study well, you don't have to do all the other things that people expect of you, but know that you can be a good person by just, just listening to your parents. Mm. We're not, we're not forcing many things onto you. We're not telling you, you need to wear military boots and all this stuff, but you know, it's just, you gotta, you gotta understand where everyone's coming from, regardless of what their age is, you know, whether it's a kid or it's an adult or an elder. You just gotta gotta understand people, and that's what and I've he, learned. Yeah. He's he's good. He's come through it okay. You know, it's hard for kids. Mask, no mask. Back in school, in person. Some of them are nervous. He was so little through it, but he's he's good. 
surprisingly, he did well on okay. these Zoom sessions. He's back in school now full time. I believe they still have masks in the classroom. It's based on the teacher's, you know, preference, obviously. But he's okay with it. I mean, he understands that the masks has to go on when he's indoors somewhere. If I tell him you don't have to worry about your mask, however, if you feel comfortable, he's like, nope, I want to breathe. So he rips the mask right off. And <laughs> his friends too, they're like, yeah, no more masks. Let's just, you know, and I've always, you know, understood that kids kind of need to get dirty. They, they yeah. need to, you know, pick up stuff from the floor and figure out what it is and put it in their mouth. And that's how we grew up. Well, at least that's how I grew up. And we, we can't shield kids from life. You know, you can, you can shield them from specific realities, but you can't shield them from real life, you know, events. And right. so he's going to be reading that in his history books and say, remember that? Remember that? Yeah, I remember very well. Do you? Yeah, so, it's so true. These kids, when they yeah. look back, uh, so interesting. So you've worked in, I'm going to say in fitness. So you're on the back end. You're not out there teaching the classes, right? As far as I know, you actually don't lead any. So on the back no. end, have, were you at that point when you started your job with AFA and then moved over to Mad Dog with spinning, was it because you loved movement and fitness or was it just a job? Um, it started as a job. It started okay. as hey, you know, we're going to be selling the company to NASM. Unfortunately, you're going to be laid off. And I was in a panic mode because I just got a new car. I just moved to a new apartment a few months mm. back. And my son was three months old. Oh, so my goodness. it was all fresh, brand new. So I was kind of like looking for work and looking for this. Surprisingly, my ex-CEO of AFAA, the Aerobics and Fitness Association, knows the CEO of Mad Dog. So that's how I was able to get at least an interview at the very least. And okay. obviously you can get it interviews all day long, but if you don't have the personality and the grit, they're just going to scoop you to the next person. And that's how I kind of continued my, my journey on the fitness industry path. Cause I knew how it works. I knew providerships and con ed continuing education. Mm -hmm. I knew all of the ins and outs of the industry. And that's what I presented at my interview. And I guess they really liked me because I'm still here six years later. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I did. And I started, I mean, kind of embarrassing to say, but I didn't really start spinning on the spinner bike until maybe two years after I started in the company. Because I was always the type of person who never showed interest in company products or company things. I just kind of thought of it as a job. But now I'm kind of in the last two years, my mind has kind of shifted towards maybe this might be a great career for me because I'm really good at what I do. And I think I can kind of elevate myself. So I started getting on the spinner bike and I started, you know, doing Zwift almost every single day, starting, I think, like August of 2020 was my first real like heavily getting onto the bike and pushing myself really, really hard. So you had a bike at home. You worked for a bike company. Can you explain what Zwift is for people who may not know the lingo? Um, in one sentence, I'd say it's probably the greatest thing that's happened to people who like virtual fitness mm -hmm. for one, but Zwift is essentially a fully connected platform that you can use your cycling, indoor cycling bike, any indoor cycling bike that has any power or cadence, and you can use any heart rate monitor to connect. Think of yourself as in a virtual world where depending on your cadence and depending on how much power output you put in the grade of the of the, uh, the terrain is how fast you're going to go. So if you have a 4% grade going uphill and you're doing 60, 50 watts, you ain't going up that hill too quickly. So it, in real time, it calculates your weight, your height, your age, your sex, 
and it knows exactly how much power you need to put out based on those you know characteristics to move you up a hill or if it's downhill if you're getting some sort of draft and it's kind of like social media combined with i guess a virtual training world mm-hmm. there's virtual workout plans already pre-built there's olympians that use it all the time mainly it all started with if you can't ride outdoors ride on zwift yeah. because you know the terrain and the weather are in certain areas and i just started to love because i love video games too as a kid i would play all of the games like counter-strike diablo all that chaos and i just really loved zwift because it challenged me i didn't have to go against anybody else you can join a race with 20 people but if you go to you know you end up in last place you're still happy because you finished the race there's there's no accommodations there's no awards it's more of you saying i did it i finished Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and it made me a stronger and more fit person that i never thought i would have ever become i mean at one point, I was 265, 270 pounds for my age and height. It was really bad. And now I've dropped to about 210. And I've kept it, kept it consistent with just using the spinner bike connected to Zwift almost every day. I mean, I, about 200 miles a week is what I ride on average. And wow. it's been great. I mean, it's I've gotten all these little badges and gamifications. And it's a whole <laughs> leveling up piece too, where you get like, experience points, you get levels. The higher level you go, you can get new skins for your bike and you know, new helmets and glasses and stuff. So it's kind of like a video game with achievements. And But you don't play with a controller. Your body's the controller, right. which I thought was really interesting. And it works well with our bike. It works really well, actually, with the spinner bike. So I just plugged away. And ever since then, I've just been almost every other day. I mean, I actually have a 15 mile ride scheduled at 3:30 today as well. So I mean, yeah, I've been I loving it. it. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to put in the intro. I'm going to put your your name so they can follow you if we have any other Zwifters out there, and they could uh, they could follow you out there. So of course, we'll definitely put it there. But it's so interesting, right? That you working for a fitness company and but not really utilizing the product, um, not seeing it in that way, right? And it it is like oftentimes I compartmentalize my job like that. I always say I don't work out where I work, right? So I don't ever work out at the Quinnipiac gym. I don't want to walk in and work out there. I would have to help somebody if they needed it, and that's my my personal time, right? So we always have our things. So uh, I'm going to say like being home at this stage, though, maybe – maybe pushed you a, a little more than it, than it would have the, the turn in circumstances where we're home a lot. And now that bike is there and you're there and it's like, I'm, I'm just going to get on it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the pandemic, believe it or not. It was a combination of the pandemic and my father uh, passing away from cancer in July of 2020. Oh, and abruptly right. too. I mean, Mother's Day, May 2020, he was riding a Schwinn bike outside by, that I bought him, talking, barbecuing, having a good time. And a month later, he was admitted to the hospital, never came out. And oh of course, God. during COVID, we couldn't visit him. We couldn't <gasps> see him. That was Ugh. the toughest. And in a way, it made it a little easy to let him go because we didn't have to see him you know, in that pain. And the last thing I told the nurses was just play uh, Pink Floyd, wish you were here. He'll know exactly what that means. Oh. If my voice is breaking, it's because, you know, it's still tough. But oh, my gosh. That, it's that, so... that made me realize that I need to be a healthy dad for my son. Mm. So I need to lose my weight. I need to stop smoking cigarettes, which was one of my worst problems. And I actually have stopped for uh, three years this December. And I've been smoking for 20 years, a pack a day every single day. So I'm really happy that I 
put that to the side. So it's a lot of changes, not only the pandemic affecting me, but it was everything else toppling on. And my mom was a wreck, so I have to take care of her. And God willing, she's doing great now. So I feel like I did do the best that I could as, you know, my, as being the son. So that was the reason I jumped on the bike because I needed something to escape from. And that wow. was my escape, just virtual world, leave me alone for 40 minutes. I get off the bike and I feel really strong. Anytime I can't do that climb, I look at my dad's photo. It gives me that energy. So Ugh. that's that's how I kind of shifted my life. Everything top, you know, toppled onto each other after the pandemic. It wasn't just pandemic stuff, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Aaron. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, so talk about we we talk frequently and email frequently and things that you don't know that are going on like really behind the scenes. So yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, Thank you. But I love that at least at that point, it could be the turning point for you. Yes. Right. So Absolutely. to say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got to care for me. And so what else does that now look like? I love that you quit smoking. I'm sorry that you were a smoker for so long. Those yeah, habits are, are hard. <laughs> they're hard. They're, they're hard to quit and change. They really are our behaviors. And, well, um, fitness-wise, I mean, my resting heart rate at one point was 83, which oh, is geez. really bad. Yikes. And now I'm at 57, 56. So I'm oh. super happy about that. And I've been constantly moving and I've had a lot of like joint pains too in the past, knee pains, elbow, arm pains. It, they all went away with, with just riding, which is really interesting because I hear stories of, oh, it depends on how you ride and your form. And that's really important is I set up the bike properly and mm -hmm. my form is really proper mm -hmm. and knee pains are gone, arm pains are gone, stress level has reduced, you know, significantly. And that's pretty much my life now is anytime that I can get in a ride, it's a lot better than worrying about a cigarette or worrying about that last drink or let's go out and party till 4 a.m. I can't even stay awake till 1 a.m. anymore because <laughs> what, what's the point? I mean, it just gets darker and darker and the light comes back out and you haven't had any sleep. So those days are way behind me because I'm, I'm more focused on my family now instead of myself. Mm. And I was a pretty selfish person prior to like getting you know, hired with Mad Dog. And even before AFA, I was just really full of myself. I mean, I just wanted to do things for myself and I never really considered anybody else, anybody else's feelings. And after, you know, past four or five years, you kind of realize, hey, you got to be good to people and you got to stay positive because you get one life. And in the end, in six feet under, you ain't taking nothing with you. So enjoy right. what you got now and, you know, take care of the people around you. And that's pretty much been my life ever since the pandemic. It's just focus on things that really matter to you and don't worry about the small things because it just irons it out, you know, itself out in the end. I love um, that you're, and we talk about this, or I've talked about this with not only in the podcast, but with my students, you know, it, it does have to start where you're taking care of yourself. Self-care does have to start with self, but you are already in that short amount of time, you just discussed the ripple, right? Yeah. What it's at the, the big picture, because by taking care of yourself, you are a better human yeah. to all of the other players in, in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a journey. I, I, I gotta admit, I obviously none of us thought we would go through something like this and it makes you a bigger person. You know, it's either going to make or break somebody. And I hope majority of the people were not broken and, you know, it really opens up your eyes to what's more important in your life. Is it really 
making a lot of money? Is it traveling? Is it eating fine foods? Or is it a little bit of a, a little bit of each thing? Try not to put too much focus into one thing and, you know, like a horse's view, like you don't want to block out the things that are around you because eventually those people and those things will go away and then you're left alone. And that's the path I was headed towards. So I had to make a change. I had to kind of reach out to my friends that are reaching out to me almost every day. And I can't keep saying I'm busy. I'm busy. But you can't keep saying that to people because right. guess what? Everyone's busy, but everyone's got free time. I mean, 24 hours in the day, you got five minutes to make a phone call, you know? So I think, you know, in my experience, we we are busy, to your point, absolutely 100% busier than we've ever been. Humans yep. were not made to be this busy, but we are. Yeah. But, but I think when we really say I'm busy, it's an excuse, right? Because you and I know I you mm -hmm. make time for what's important to you every day. To your point now, getting on the bike or taking care of yourself is important to you. So regardless of how busy you are, you're going to make time for that. Correct. And that's the same with, with friendships and, and people, you know, we, we can keep putting it off, but I think we really need to turn that lens inside and say, why, you know, well, why don't I want to talk to that person? Why am I using the excuse instead of saying like Janine, my girl, I can use my girl Janine, who, you know, as a, as a great yeah. excuse, we don't live near each other. And we, during the week, she'll say, I just miss you. And we'll literally get out our calendars and say, okay, Thursday at this time. And I put it in as an appointment because I don't want to miss it. I, yes, I'm busy. Yes, she's busy, but we're aligning our schedules. So I, I, it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now is the time. If you're not doing it now, you're probably never going to do it because right. you have to start now. It's better late than never. You know that saying? Yeah. You got, it's <laughs> better now than ever, I guess, you know, instead of late. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making all these terminologies. <laughs> So, so now as a dad with a young kid, like I would imagine your quality of life and time with him has improved as well with, you know, less pain, getting up and down off the floor, carrying him around, tossing him around. I would just say things in general, you must feel like a superstar when it comes to that as well. Well, I mean, if uh, anyone who's listening wants to check out LinkedIn, it does say super dad. I put that Aww. title in because <laughs> that's how I feel. I mean, you know, doing the whole schooling and this and all that and great fiance who takes care of him every single day. So we're, we're very lucky to have him and he's a mighty, mighty great chess player. I got him in chess and he, I, Ezra, if you hear this, don't repeat this, please. Uh, he checkmated me twice already by a <gasps> six year old. So I'm kind of like, Ooh, I got to brush up on my skills now. So he's, <sighs> he's pretty smart and yeah, he's a, uh, I don't have to pick him up anymore, but he does want to get choke slammed and wrestled on the bed all the time. So <laughs> I guess a little bit of WWE blood is still in his system, but he's, he's a pretty reckless, careless person when he's playing and then he's out falling all the time, but he's not like, Oh, I hurt myself and crying or whatever. He's just kind of like, so what happens next? Is this going to like bruise up and look cool? Oh, kid. So very blessed. And he's, yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, lucky for me. I mean, <laughs> I've heard some crazy stories, but lucky, lucky for me. <laughs> You Sounds know. like you have a, a little bit of a Queen's Gambit going on over there, a little prodigy. Yeah, well, ho hopefully. I mean, you know, let's, wow. let's see how that takes. So it's, interesting. It's, yeah. Um, the other thing that I want you to just chat about is, you know, energy-wise. And so so I know the shift, your, your life, as we talked about before, was a lot of computer, a lot of dealing with people long distance, so we weren't in person. So you did have that 
I'm going to say you, it was normal for you more so than a lot of maybe people who are listening that are fitness professionals or doing their job. If they're nurses or doctors being in person. So you had that experience behind you, but I think energetically, you know, the shift and then really doing everything online costs us more than we realize. So I don't know if you've noticed anything energetically. I mean, I also just think of just the the self-care. It must give you more energy in that sense. So in one way you have more, but in this other way, we're dealing with stuff that's completely draining. So tell me your, tell me your thoughts or balance on that. I'm I'm horrible with analogies, but I'm just going to toss it out anyway. It's like driving a car while filling gas at the same time. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, you're constantly moving, but you constantly need fuel. And my fuel is eating a little bit healthier. Obviously, you know, I, I, at one point I was eating like six double cheeseburgers at midnight. <gasps> it was six, yes. Oh. Eight patties, eight breads. Yes. Now oh. I just, you know, I one double, maybe two if I'm feeling kind of, you know, mischievous. But yeah, the bike has been helping me get back a lot of that energy, even though it's supposed to kind of drain your energy. Yeah. But I don't yeah. believe that's true. Mm-hmm. I've been burnt out for the last two years, for sure. But, you know, for every burned out flame, you can always reignite it. So that's what I do. I just kind of keep going and tell myself every single day it gets a little bit better. And I always try to make time for myself. So now that I work from home, I have the flexibility of not just walking outside to take a break. I can literally sit on my couch, close my eyes for about five minutes, you know, go lay down and meditate if I need to, stretch, do some yoga. I, I pretty much like have the flexibility to re, re, restart my brain if I ever needed to. And that's what helps. And that's what makes me keep going forward and not being so agitated with computers and connections and I used to get really irritated because I guess my drive sucked all the way to work and on top of it, the whole pandemic and everything else. Now that it's more flexible, I feel like my energy level is a lot higher. I'm Mm. coming home from work or when I'm done with work now, I'm probably going to go help with laundry, do a ride real quick, um, help make dinner, do the dishes. A lot of people are just burned out after work. They just want to come home, sit down, lay down, go to sleep, take a shower, whatever it is that they do. I... I have like this constant amount of energy and I think I get it from my mom because when I call her, what are you doing? She's like, I'm cleaning. I'm like, you cleaned yesterday. Who are you <laughs> cleaning for? I mean, it's just you now and your dog. She's like, no, it always needs to be clean. It needs, she washes our dishes after we have dinner. I'm like, you're the guest. So that energy level and especially at her age, I'm like, well, I got us, I got it from somewhere. You know, my dad was a cosmetologist for 45 years oh. and he was working on his feet all the way up until he got sick. And I mean, for someone to be 65, 66 years old, to still blow dry hair and do hair, you know, cuts and all that and yeah. still be good at it, you got to have energy. And he found his energy in another way. And I just feel like that's, that's the way I would kind of produce my energy is the bike has been helping me out a lot. And of course, not smoking cigarettes. I can walk up the, the stairs without huffing and puffing. I can actually probably run like a good two, three mile run now without needing to stop and walk and huff and puff and light a cigarette right after, which was the stupidest thing I was doing. Uh, back then. I would work out and then smoke a cigarette. Like that's, that's, that's dumb. So all those things I put to the side and now I just, a lot more energy. I, I can breathe a lot cleaner. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, wow. that's what's been giving me my energy is changing my eating habits and blessing this beautiful bike and this beautiful program I, I, I work on almost every day. 
Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. So that literal fuel, right? So the literal fuel of the clean air of the, of the eating well, putting good, good, you know, fuel in your tank, hydration, those things for sure are the actual physical energy. But I love that you pointed out, you know, working out does deplete your energy. That is one of the things we, we know about it, but in some other way, it does have that feeder. It is that, and I think that's more the mental piece, the endorphins and the aftermath. Yes, we expend energy and calories and, you know, we are getting depleted of energy, but we're energized and refueled in so many other other ways. So yeah. it's yeah. um it's like dual fold, you know, you're it's going out one end, but it's somehow, you know, making you feel better at the, and the yeah. other end, which is hence, the magic, the magic hence, of movement. Hence the car analogy. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you shouldn't be, you know, putting gas in a running car, but that's that's how our lives are now. We're just constantly on the move and constantly trying to fuel ourselves every yeah. single day in different ways. Yeah. I do think too, to your point, you know, somewhere it, we, it, it is in some of us, you know, you look at your genetics of your parents and their, their energy and mine too. My parents are very active um, at their ages and they're older now and they've always had energy and they've always done and they've never, I've never heard my parents say, oh, we don't feel like doing that. We're too tired. My parents yeah. are the ones, to your point, that after a get together, they go to the diner. And we're the ones who go home, you know, they're at one in the morning eating, you know, French yeah. toast and we're like, I'm going to bed. Uh, so they always have energy. And I think that we're lucky, you know, to, to have that piece as well. You know, you, you have to, you have to still treat it well and you have to still, um, you know, have the other components, but having those genetics and that genetic tendency toward being energetic is definitely helpful for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, does your fiance move? Like, does she share a lot of the same things now? Are you, do you eat healthier as a family? Like, is, is it that piece as well? We, we do. Uh, surprisingly, she went for a hike just now. She does a high, a three to four mile hike uh, twice a week, three times a week. And she's been staying a lot more active because, yeah. you know, we just got engaged like two weeks ago. And <gasps> congratulations. Thank you. And I mean, after 10 years, I kind of had to have to do it, you know, <laughs> it's a little too long. She's like, Hey, it's been 10 years. What I have to wait another 10 years, you know? So yeah, I mean, ever since then, she's been riding the bike as well. I, I help her with the form and the setup and she knows yeah. her setup now. And, you know, I tell her without resistance, you're not working out. She's like, but I get so <laughs> tired and it's so difficult. And I, I help her and I coach her through it. And yeah. once I see a couple pieces of sweat break down, I'm like, all right, you're good to go now. Do another <laughs> 20 minutes. If it hurts, pause it, turn down your resistance. So she doesn't push herself too hard. Right, right. I, I did that the first couple of months when I was writing, I went a little too hard and I realized, oh, I don't want to get overtraining syndrome. So relax, take right. it easy. And yeah, she's, I guess not up to my level yet, but I can see her surpassing me in the future for sure. Okay. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. And so that whole idea of, of the ripple effect, you know, by you being more active and it's changed the whole dynamic within your family's life. Yes. And my son also, um, we have a, a child spinner bike that my CEO gave to me to use until he was ah. enough to ride a bigger bike. Yeah. It's, I love it's it. The only prototype that I can see, and it was one of his friends that created it. And I don't think he's uh, no longer with us, unfortunately, rest his soul. But it's literally sitting right there. It's called the Power Force Spinning. It's, uh, it's a dark blue bike and it has resistance, the whole thing, and even oh has a cadence God. sensor. So, my son sees his heart rate and he sees his cadence. He's like, look, dad, I did one mile. I'm like, go oh, another five minutes, you know? So uh-huh. he, he rides, you know, once every two, three weeks. And, you know, obviously I tell him not to do any climbs because 
yeah, you got to get a little older before you can do climbs, but you, you still got to grow, you know, as much as you want to do is climb. But he loves it. He, he sees me on Zwift and he says, go dad. He's cheering me on like it's a race or something. And it's nice. The support's been great, which is really awesome. And that's what I want to focus more on is just, you know, making people happy without, you know, costing something for me, not right. monetarily, but just physically or emotionally. Because I've given a lot of my soul to a lot of people and now, now I need to take care of myself, but still give out, you know, some yeah. of that, that soul, soul energy to people. So. so, so you mentioned one other thing I always ask my guests for little bios, and it's something that you haven't looped in, in all of this idea of caring for yourself and, you know, doing things that make you happy. You said that you are very into music, music and art. So do you play? Do you just listen? Uh, like, I how do. does that yeah. come into play with all of this? Well, for one, without a good soundtrack, any 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 type of exercise sucks, as everybody knows. You need to have good music and whatever playlist you like to create. I was in a band in high school, like many other people, but we did play the Roxy, we played the Key Club, we played a lot of the oh. Hollywood strip joints, yeah. And I just really got into music because of No Doubt, the band. Yeah, oh. no doubt. I fell in love with the Return of Saturn album. Told my dad I want to buy a guitar. He bought my first guitar in 2001, maybe 2000. Okay. And then I just accumulated basses, acoustics. I have close to like nine or 10 instrument pieces now. And I play piano, I play guitar. Oh my not gosh. so well. Piano, not so well. But I've been playing guitar for about 15 years, kind of rusty. But I do write a lot of original songs or at least I used to and I can get back into it but music's always been a part of me it's kind of like without music I wouldn't be able to move forward I've always blasted Metallica and Megadeth doing homework I'd get A's in all my tests as long as I have music on once the music stops I am confused I am lost in my life so I just it's something that you know everyone says like oh I'm a music producer I'm into music or I'm into this I'm not claiming any of that. I'm just saying I love music. And unfortunately, music is dying, as we all know. It's that those genres are dying and good music's never going to come back until somebody does a breakthrough, some good artist or something. But I've always had a passion for music. I mean, I've been to so many live shows. Believe it or not, I've been to over 150 shows live shows, been to many Coachellas, many different types of festivals. <laughs> and I just love the atmosphere because it's like yeah. a different type of community and you, you right. connect with people on that level. And it's just, my passion's been music. It's just, I, I love listening to new music as well. I don't close myself off and say, I don't listen to this. I don't listen to that. I'm open to a lot of new music nowadays than I was before. Yeah. And that's that's the music piece is I, I just have a huge passion for music i do I, I can produce my own music as well if i need i write a lot i can make music off the whim so super it's just, cool yeah so it's, it's it's not like a trait or a, or something you know that i'm really really good at but it's something i wanted to pursue before i went into the fitness industry so i tried it out wasn't for me but i kept it on the back burner and said you know what if anything ever happens at least i have my my solace of music. I have my peace, you know? I love that. Um, Okay. So if you could only listen to, this is like my new, my new favorite question. If you could only listen to one song now for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be Glass Animals Life Itself. 
Okay. I don't even know that. So I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check that out. I think it's interesting. You know, I I definitely think that ebbs and flows with us where we are. And I say for the rest of your life, it's where you are right now. If I ask you that in a year, it might be something uh, probably completely different, but uh, (laughs) definitely, definitely interesting. The soundtrack that goes on in our head behind the scenes of everything that we do. So important, right? It really does drive us. I love it. I love it all. Uh, I have I have one last question for you. Of course. Before I, I set you free to go book another training and I'm, I'm deal with now. another. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. um, I, I think I've been working on it myself, which is one of the reasons why I bring this up in our concept of self-care. And I think you've already alluded to a lot of this already. Um, we are taught and trained how to be friends and good people to others. But, but we're not always taught how to be a good friend to ourselves. So um, how are you these days at, at being your own best friend and, uh, and taking care of yourself? Great question. Um, I feel like I've found a new friend oh. that's been lost within me for a very, very long time, especially when I lost my pops. It, I'd lost myself. I didn't know which direction to go into. I felt like I was misled by other people. But I found my new best friend, which is myself, which is great because it's kind of like that inner demon, but you also have an inner best friend. Find the friend first before you find the demon. And that's luckily, that's what I found first. And yeah, it's something inside of me. I never knew that existed. And it's kind of like it's just being reborn again, you know, soulfully, just new person, new mentality, new outlook on everything in life. And I am my own best friend. Oh, I love that, Aaron. Thank you. I'm so glad you could say it with such confidence. Yeah. Um, I know for myself too, it's something, like I said, I've been working on and trying to say it more confidently. I think we know we're supposed to, but it's it's not yeah. easy and we're not taught. So uh, I'm glad that you are on the right path with confidence and assurance. <laughs> yes, thank you. Wow, this is so great. I learned so much about you. I'm like, this is stunning. I was like, oh, I know Aaron because we talk all the time, but I didn't know anything. Um, Thank you for sharing all of this, not just with me, but for everyone out there who will listen. And I'm sorry that, you know, you had to lose your dad, but I'm happy that you came out on the other side of all of it. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That is what they say. say. (laughs) It's been great, though. Complete pleasure talking to you as well. Thank you, Aaron. My deep gratitude to you, Aaron. I really appreciate all that you shared. Uh, I love that I got to discover so much more about you that I did not know. And um, I hope all of you friends enjoyed the conversation as well and are inspired by Aaron's story. I mean, not that the spinner bike is everything in the world, but if you haven't gotten on a bike, hopefully that encouraged you to give it a try. So next week, we're heading to another country. We'll be visiting my friend Fatima Botouk in Saudi Arabia and learning all about uh, how they were managing during the pandemic and after in the fitness industry as well. And she's a new mom. So, so much to share that's happened over the last couple of years. So please be sure to tune in. Uh, So thank you for listening in to Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. 
This uh, podcast is produced by Renette Chifu, and the executive producer is David DeRoche. Lauren Scupo does the social media, and the theme music is by Scott Holmes. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to our pad. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. And give us a follow on Twitter or Instagram at QUPodcasts. And feel free to send a note or comment via email, which is QUPodcasts at QU.edu. And until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.